So if you're someone listening who is just really ready to just hire and bring someone on to support you, or maybe you have already hired, but maybe it's failed, or you already have hired, it's worked really well for you, but you want to continue to bring on more amazing people and attract your dream team, then this is going to be the episode for you. I see a lot in the industry, a lot of people struggling with this hiring, and I feel like there needs to be way more resources available for bookkeepers and accountants to really help them hire that dream team. So in today's episode, I really recommend that you grab your pen and paper because there's a lot of information information, a lot of great resources that I'm going to be recommending as well, which you will always find linked below the episode of wherever you're listening to. So today's episode, I'm really going to be diving into two different phases of the hiring process. So there's four total phases and each of those phases are identifying your hires, the actual hiring process, maintaining your hires, and also the leadership and moving your team into the leadership roles and even letting them go. So there's four phases, but in today's episode, I'm only going to be covering the first two phases, which are identifying your hires and then also the actual hiring process. So I'm going to dive really deep into analyzing how to understand what role that you need to be hiring for as you're scaling the business. We're going to talk through how to even determine the rates of your team members. Then we're going to talk through the actual hiring process, which is creating the job description some resources that you can have in place and the ways that we're able to find and attract our dream team through our job description. We're going to talk about the interview process and what I do in my interview process and after it to really be able to see if they are rock star team members ready to work with us. Then we're going to talk about the extending the offer to these team members. So if you are just in this place where you're really looking to hire, then please feel free to listen in. This is like my breakthrough strategy of how to hire. And this is what I teach in my program as well. And it's just such a great episode with a lot of great stuff. Do you ever feel like if you had actionable systems in place that it can actually take your practice to the next level? Can you imagine the freedom you'd gain from finally getting everything out of your head and into a system that can help you move things on autopilot? Do you ever feel like you want to hire help for your practice, but you just don't know where to start? Trust me, I get it, and you're not alone. But it doesn't have to be this way. You're kick-ass at doing the bookkeeping and accounting work. There's no doubt about that. But you struggle to maintain the systems and operations of your business. Am I right? But don't worry, that's where I come in, the workflow queen. I'm going to guide you on how to implement tech, systems, and automation in your practice so you can scale bigger, hire better, and break through to the next level. I can't wait to support you here on the Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountants podcast with your host, Alyssa Lang. So in today's episode, I really want to dive into the topic of building and hiring your dream team. And I know this is a very overwhelming conversation for a lot of different firm owners out there who are listening to me. And I think the reason why is because it is really overwhelming. You are risking the hard-earned dollars that you have made onto someone that you don't know, that you just met, that you still have to find, and that you have to look for, you have to train, and you have to onboard. There's a lot that goes to it. And I think that a lot of times people are really scared to hire or bring people on out of this fear that they are going to get screwed over or this fear that they're not going to be able to take care of their clients the same way that they can and that it just takes too much time and that I'm going to have to babysit them. And I can tell you from experience that, well, yes, you will have to spend a lot of time at the beginning with this person. You'll have to onboard them. You'll have to train them. You have to do a lot of different things to get them adapted to your business. In the long term, these people are very much so worth it as long as you're finding the right people. And I think a lot of that comes from positive methodologies that I'm going to share today about ways that you can find your dream team and find those people to attract them and say the right words and say the right things that are really help you to bring them in because it's not just about you. It's also about them as well. You want to 
create a compelling job description, a compelling, you know, type of business that you run that will make someone excited to be working for you. Because remember that someone is trading their life in exchange for money to be able to work for you. And so like, just remember that you have to convince somebody. And that's why I think it's so important. I think a lot of people in our space, they just hire for the sake of hiring because they need immediate help, which like, of course, we all need immediate help right now. But what I mean is when you start to get this almost like desperation, it feels desperate when you're in the moment and you're actually going through the hiring process. And so what I really, really want from everyone from today's episode is to just give you some strategies and some tips on better ways that you can hire. So if you already have had an experience with hiring and maybe you've had a terrible experience and you're now even second guessing trying to hire again in the future, then I just want you to know that like not everybody that you hired was the same way that you hired someone else or that the same outcome of the person that you ended up bringing on. And also the hard truth is, which I think a lot of people don't take the time to like really think through the hard truth is, is that you, if you didn't have the right resources, SOPs, onboarding system, training system, whatever that looks like, if you didn't have those things in place for these people, then maybe it wasn't a them problem. Maybe it was a you problem. And I see this a lot in the industry where a lot of people will just hire, 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 and then they get mad because it's two months and they haven't like perfected the whole world and they haven't been able to go in and like do all the things like constantly without their guidance. And there is some truth to that. And there is a moment when you have to say, okay, this person's no longer a good fit, but I really want you to take a hard look at yourself and ask yourself, did I fail to give this new person who worked with me, if if you are someone who had a bad experience, did I give them everything that they needed? And I know your immediate reaction is like, of course I did, Alyssa. Yes, of course I did. I, I made sure to get them this and this and this, but really think through it. What was the reason for their resistance? What was the reason why they just couldn't catch on? Did you have conversations with them? Instead of just trying to let someone go, why not just take the time to really have some deep conversations about what's really happening? Just remember that people who work for you really do genuinely want to do good work for you. And so if you've ever been an employee of someone else, you probably also really wanted to work really hard. And wanted to prove that you were good and that you could, you know, excel and all and so on and so forth. I was one of those people. So I always try to think that anybody that I hire is also trying to be that same person that I used to strive to be when I was someone else's employee. So I just want to preface that. So like I mentioned, if you've had a bad experience in the past with hiring, I just really promise you not everyone's the same and really take a step back and look at you. I know it's going to hurt your ego, but look at you and what you did and maybe what you didn't do um, that maybe you could do different in the future for the next person that you bring on. If you've never hired at all, and this is going to be your very, very first time, it's going to be overwhelming. The the process itself is truly overwhelming. I remember the first time I ever hired someone, but I tell you that it does get easier. So let's talk about the different stages, the different phases of when someone is coming to work for you, all the way from identifying the hire to even letting them go. And so this is the same concept I teach inside of Breakthrough, which is my group coaching program at six months. It is also lifetime access to the program content, but six months of support. It's freaking amazing. And I just love Breakthrough. And a lot of the conversation is about hiring, which is super cool. So the way that we teach it is that there's always the beginning phase, which is the identification of the hire. So We can't hire without first knowing who we need to hire, who we need to bring on, who's going to fit in the company. What does the company need right now? It's not what you need. Remember, you are an extension of the company, but it's really what the company needs to be able to thrive and to continue to grow and move forward. 
Then you move into the actual hiring phase. And this is where it's going to be things like creating your job description. This is where you're going to be putting together the application. You're going to start interviewing people and then selecting that person that's like that rock star and even extending the offer. Then we move into the next phase, which is phase three, which is maintaining these hires. These are things like onboarding the team member, training them, maintaining them down to KPIs, making sure that they are in full alignment with the company and that they are continuing to grow over time. And then the last phase is really where you're going into the leadership and letting go phase. And so we kind of clumped them into one phase. And the reason why is because it's either someone is continuing to excel that eventually you want to like move them up into a different position or adapt them into a different role or you're letting them go. And it's okay if you have to let someone go, but if you've done all the other things from the first three phases, and by that time that person is just not working out for you, then letting go is probably the best option. But like I mentioned, it really can come down to the way that you do things within the business and the way that you train and onboard them and give them the resources that they need to execute the work before trying to let someone go. If someone's ticking off all those boxes, they fit in perfect with the company and they've been trained and onboarded correctly and they're just an amazing human being, they're going to work out really well. And I think a lot of people in this industry, like I mentioned before, like get really overwhelmed by this process because we all just like have this idea that like no one's going to love my clients like I will like Alyssa they just will not execute like me they won't care like me and I can tell you from experience with the people that I've hired on my team I've been very very fortunate very fortunate that every single employee and contractor who has ever worked for me at either Workflow Queen or at Magnetic Bookkeeping, that they are legitimately so amazing. They, they go above and beyond. They really want to learn. They really want to be involved. They are heavily like invested in the company. I'm telling you that these people exist. And I don't know if it's the way that I'm able to find these people, vet them, and bring them on. I don't know if it's because of the job description. But I do know from experience that even the other breakthrough students that we've helped go through this process, if they follow everything to AT on the way that we teach how to hire, identify them, maintain them, and move them into the next role or let them go. I could tell you that they have had great experiences as well. A lot of, I just had a student the other day tell me that she just went on maternity leave and it was so nice because she came back in January, literally in January during 1099 season and starting to pick up for cleanup season. And she straight up told me that if she hadn't hired all the people that we had recommended that she hired back in May, she would not have been ready for that moment. And so I can tell you from experience, these things are possible. So I really recommend that you grab a pen and paper because it's going to be a lot of information today. Hey listener, just wanted to quickly interrupt this episode today to ask you, have you been trying to find a better solution to actually taking payments from your clients? Then boy, do I have a solution for you. One of my absolute favorite pieces of tech is Pluto. Pluto is such a game changer in your business. It really helps you to allow you to be able to take payments easily from your clients through ACH. They also take credit card as well, but they have so many different options. One of the big perks to using something like Pluto over something like QBO and all the other options that we have out there for invoicing is because because it is way more cost effective and it has saved me thousands of dollars on those fees that we get taken out for invoicing our clients. So we no longer use QuickBooks Online in order to invoice our own clients. We now have migrated over to Pluto. And if you want to learn more about Pluto and check it out, it is amazing. They make such a seamless process for our clients to be able to add the ACH information, to ask them to authorize us to be able to take the automatic payment every single month and saves us a ton of money in fees. You're just going to go to workflowqueen.com backslash Pluto. That's workflowqueen.com backslash Pluto to learn more.
So I'm really going to focus a lot on phase one and phase two, which is identifying your hires and also that hiring phase. The phases three and four, I'm kind of going to leave maybe for another episode, maybe down the line, or if you ever want to hear a little bit more, just let me know. Or if you want more in depth with all the resources and assets, then I'm going to recommend going through Breakthrough, which will give you all the job descriptions, applications, everything that you need in order to hire and find the right person. So let's talk about the very beginning. So I think a lot of times people just kind of willy-nilly it and just hope for the best and just you know, decide, you know what, I need a bookkeeper or I just need an assistant or I just need an account manager. You could tell by the way that even I'm saying it, that I don't even know if I'm confident knowing that that's who I actually need on my team. And I think this is where a lot of people get tripped up because they're like the chicken before the egg. Do I hire the assistant before the bookkeeper? Do I hire the account manager before the bookkeeper? Like which one do I go with Alyssa? Like what is happening? This is where you're really going to leverage time tracking. And so I talk about time tracking a lot. And I know I sound like probably a broken record, but if you have never heard of the concept time tracking, I do know that we have podcast episodes on it. You can go to workflowqueen.com backslash podcast and search for a podcast about time tracking. We also have blogs on time tracking as well. I'm huge on the app Clockify. We use the free version. And it even integrates with like Asana and ClickUp, which is super cool. But my recommendation with uh, time tracking is to have yourself and your team, if you do have a team, have everybody on the team do time tracking for at least like 30 days. If it's just you, don't worry. Also just do it for 30 days. And what you're going to do with this data is you're going to want to make sure that you're really thorough in what you're actually doing. So what I mean is don't go time tracking and say, I don't know, I'll give you a great example. Don't go time tracking saying like monthly bookkeeping and then like for a specific client. That doesn't tell, like there's so many things that you're doing when you're doing monthly bookkeeping that like can be wildly like different. And not only that, but like an assistant can pull statements while like an assistant could not go in and like possibly like analyze financial statements. So like you need to be detailed in your own time tracking or else this is not going to work for you. So what you want to do is that I'll give that same example. So instead of saying monthly bookkeeping, what are you actually doing? So maybe it's pulling statements and I know that you're going to be like, oh my God, I task switch all the time. Well, that's another reason why time tracking is so important because it will whip you into shape knowing that like you get distracted every five seconds and that you cannot do two things at one time when you're time tracking because you can only time track one thing at a time and it will really help you get yourself into shape. So what you're going to do is time track for at least 30 days, a 30 day accounting cycle. That's because in those 30 days, you'll go through that whole entire phase of the accounting cycle um, down from month end close all the way down to just, you know, regular maintenance of the books to maybe paying bills to running payroll and whatnot. So do it for 30 days for yourself and your team. Once you get this data, I want you to tag or write down, maybe export it as an Excel, write down what client you worked on. I usually recommend that while you're doing your time entries that you also tag it with the client's name. So that way you know what clients you're working on. So anyways, what you're going to do, the reason why that's important too, is you want to know how much time it's going to take per client for whoever you're hiring as well. So from this time tracking spreadsheet or report, whatever you're using, and I want you to go through it and I want you to check off any of the really easy things that are easy for you to either train or create resources on or to even hire out or let go of because the things that are really easy and natural for you are going to be a lot more natural for you to actually train and outsource than something that's like hard for you to think through, hard for you to get through. And so I want you to start off by checking off those things that are going to be really easy for you to document. Then I want you to just kind of analyze your time tracking to see 
Is there a common trend of the like tasks that I do that are for each role? So for example, if you're doing a lot of meetings for clients, a lot of financial report overviews and so on and so forth, that it's eating up your time, then maybe an account manager is a better fit for you because they can actually represent you, go and meet with the clients. They can actually analyze the financial statements. They should be able to do advanced journal entries. There's a lot of different things these account managers can do. Well, maybe on the other hand, you're, you're still at the very beginning stages of having not hired anybody and you're just drowning in the weeds. Maybe you have 20 clients and you are just constantly doing the day-to-day work. You're posting checks. You are literally grabbing statements. You're doing all the day-to-day bookkeeping things. I want you to find the common trend of the thing, like the most like role that you are performing. So you're going to be performing a lot of roles. You are the salesperson, the marketer, you're the bookkeeper, the account manager. You are everything if you've never hired. So just remember that you're looking for the common things that are like a specific role that is taking up and eating the most of your time or you freaking dread. There are a lot of things in my business that I dread. So for example, social media management. Absolutely, first thing I ever outsourced when I started Workflow Queen was social media management. And then also for Magnetic as well, immediately hired a social media manager. I was like, I'm not doing this whole me trying to be a social media manager and posting on Facebook, coming up with copy, like, no, no, thank you. And so for me, it was really important for me to let that go, like almost immediately, because I just didn't want to go down that rabbit hole because I knew I'd get stuck. I knew I'd get overwhelmed. I have immediately hired a bookkeeper at Magnetic when I started that company. It was almost literally immediately because I was like, I'm not doing the day to day. I'm not going to get stuck in that again. Because remember, I have had the chance to start a firm all the way from the beginning again. And this time around, I was just like not having it. (laughs) Like, I just wasn't going to go down that rabbit hole, right? So most of the time you will find that you will need a bookkeeper. If you are someone who has a bookkeeping firm here, that that usually is going to be your first hire. If you're more advanced, I really recommend that you use your time tracking for you and your team to really analyze. Usually most of the time, the next step is going to be either a senior bookkeeper or an account manager. If you're a little bit more advanced or if maybe your time is being so sucked into doing those monthly calls with clients. And if you find that that's where your progression is moving towards, and you're definitely going to want to think about doing an account manager role. And so like from this time tracking analysis, that's really going to help you. So a lot of people are like, I don't get why Alyssa just loves time tracking. It seriously in so many different ways helps. You're also even going to use this time tracking data, all those things that you checked off that are like certain roles. You can actually use those exact line items as things that you will put on your job description. Your time tracking can be used in so many different ways that even that same list of the tasks that you want someone else to perform that you checked off can even be a running list of all the resources that you need to make or training resources for this new hire. So for example, if it's really easy for you to, I don't know, pull statements, like that's pretty easy. You don't really have to like train someone on, but we'll use that as an example. Then use that task list as a way to say, okay, now how can I create a resource that teaches someone how to pull statements and how to save them? What naming convention do I want them to follow when they're actually saving the documentation and what folders? That kind of stuff you will train someone on because pulling the statements is the easy part. It's how do I store it? What way do you want me to name it? And so like you can use that time tracking as a list of a way to like tell you what you need to create as resources for the person that you're hiring. You also, from that same time tracking, have a list of how much time it takes per task and per client. And that's why I recommend that you tag it per client. So once you've gone through the time tracking analysis is what, like I said, will help you to identify your future hires. So you should be able to use this data and info. And anytime you want to hire, we just do a time tracking analysis. We're constantly 
time tracking in my firm. But if I really, really wanted to, like I can always be like, let's get extremely thorough for at least 30 days to myself and my team to see where we're ready to hire. There's also other identifications of when to hire. So if you already have been hiring people, my recommendation is that you do some sort of capacity planning. And these are a lot of different concepts that we teach inside of Breakthrough. But essentially capacity planning is like, it's a simple spreadsheet. It's I've covered this on a coaching call for our Breakthrough students. So if you're here listening and you're a Breakthrough student, definitely check our coaching call replay portal. So essentially it's a very straightforward spreadsheet. And it just we just simply ask our team members, how much time minimum do you want to work every single week? And what's your max? maximum amount of time that you can work. And so what we want to do is we want to make sure that their hours are falling within their minimum to maximum. And if it starts to raise, raise, raise and almost hit their max, we know that we need to start looking at hiring pretty soon. And it's really that simple. There's sometimes you can get more complex with it with capacity planning, but I don't really think you need to especially for those of you listening who do have certain team members in place and knowing when your next move is to actually be hiring. So next, um, you're going to want to walk through once you identify those future hires. I want you to take a step back and ask yourself, how much are you going to pay this person? Or what's your range that you're willing to pay? If you can, I would really recommend that you meet with an HR company. I do have a recommendation. They're called YHR. They've been a guest expert inside of Breakthrough to talk about what you should be paying your team members, if they should be salary, if they should be hourly. I think a lot of people think that you get to control that, but you don't. It depends on your state. It depends on what role they're playing, what are they actually doing for you, are you requiring certain things, there's IRS guidelines and there's also HR compliance that you need to follow. And I don't want this to overwhelm anybody or make you feel like you can't move forward. I just really recommend that you reach out to an HR consultant. Like I mentioned, I'm going to put down YHR in the in the comments below so that way you guys have the ability to reach out to them but I know that they offer one-off consulting there's also other HR companies that you know also offer one-off consulting and even Gusto which is a payroll processing system has like a HR feature I know that Serena Shoup at Ambitious Bookkeeper is really big on using Gusto for their HR piece and that's up to you however you want to do it I know Gusto is definitely going to be the more cost-effective approach so what you want to do is you want to just compile a question, a list of questions, and you kind of want to be prepared when you have this conversation with an HR person to say, these are the responsibilities that I want them to take. This is the role. This is what state I'm in. What can I do? So for example, if you are forcing someone to be working for you from nine to five based off IRS guidelines, and they most likely need to be an employee. Like I said, please do your research. I am not an HR like person. I am also not the IRS. So please do your due diligence to do this research on your own. We do provide a sample company org chart with uh, salary ranges and hourly ranges for our breakthrough students, but that's based off the research that we've done for our specific students. But I'm gonna leave that out here for this episode. So do your research, make sure that you're looking at everything. For example, I'm in California and in California, I don't know the like the name of this thing. I always butcher it, but I think it's like AB 54, 55. I don't even know the number, but it's like AB something. And based off that says that anybody who we hire that does the same thing as what the business offers, we have to hire as an employee. So if they are a bookkeeper that we're hiring, no matter the state that they're in, because I'm located in California, they automatically have to be an employee. So I've already had a lot of people reach out saying like, hey, Alyssa, I know that you mentioned on your podcast that you're looking for people to work for you at your firm. And I still am. So we are looking for bookkeepers at our firm always. We always want to have them in a pipeline and even account managers. So if you're interested, please feel free to email us at support at magneticbookkeeping.com. But unfortunately, if you're going to want a bookkeeper position, we do have to hire you as an employee. I do not have a choice. Based off what I've been told, and the research that I've done. So I could be wrong. So if you're in California and I'm just like butchering that, then like, then 
please let me know. But based off the research and the people that I have talked to, that that is the case for me. And so that's another example. And another example too, when I hired an employee over at Workflow Queen for full time, I found out that I wasn't even allowed to offer them hourly. Like, could I have still done it? Of course. Like you can go against all these rules, guys. Like when you listen to this, if you're like, you know what, Alyssa, this sounds way too complicated. I'm just going to pay them hourly. Fine. Do whatever you want. It's fine. It's in the case of like some sort of an audit or if someone ever reported you, that's when you have to pull that risk of like, of you not staying compliant. And so anyways, when I hired this person full time, I found out that I can only do salary and there was a minimum salary threshold based off the roles and responsibilities set in place for that team member. And so if we ever wanted to transition them to hourly, we had to do something else. It was a lot. I didn't know that that was like a thing, right? The first time I ever hired someone, I just willy nilly did. This was back at my first firm and I just paid someone 20 bucks an hour to be a bookkeeper. And like, I also even used to do where I would do a percent of the client's fee would go towards the bookkeeper. I've done it all, except now I just try to stay more compliant. And so it's really up to you if you want to stay compliant or not, but don't let that stop you from hiring and moving forward. So just get the right help. It's just like when we're telling our prospects to find a bookkeeper for help, like you're not an HR consultant, like go find someone who can support you in this capacity. So once you've identified who you're going to hire, identified at least around what you want to pay them and you've identified like exactly what you want them to do for you. This is where you're going to start going into the hiring phase. And this is where you're going to start creating that job description. And you're really going to be taking the time to be interviewing people and so on and so forth. So let's talk about the job description. I think what sets me apart in the way that we hire our team members and the way that we teach it inside a breakthrough is that we give like this like job description that is like a sales page Because essentially you are asking someone to trade their life and their time to come work for you. We are literally fluffing up. And I don't mean fluffing as in lying. I'm talking about like, we are just like excited and pumped up. And we're like, if you're that rock star and you're a badass and, and you really want to be a bookkeeper and you just love numbers and crunching them, we get them so excited that as they're reading that like job description, which is AKA like a sales page. They literally are like, hell yes, hell yes, hell yes. That by the time they get to the bottom, they're like, this job is for me. What I, what we're doing through our process of our job description, because we make it so unique, is we are immediately weeding out people who are like, ooh, I don't like the fact that she uses the word badass. Like, I don't like that, like, the owner cusses. Like, okay, fine. That's like, you're not my people then. Like, and that's totally okay, right? And so what we're doing during that process is we're naturally weeding people out and naturally bringing in people who are a full body hell yes to come work for us. And I think that that's what sets us apart. Like I mentioned before and why we've been able to find such amazing, it, it started seriously with the job description and any of our students in breakthrough who have used our same methodologies to find their team members. I've heard nothing but incredible things. You know, obviously there's going to always be a bad egg here and there, but predominantly we have heard some great feedback about our job descriptions. It got to the point where like a lot of our students were like resisting hiring because of creating the job description because it's a lot of work. There's a lot of effort that goes into it. You got to make sure it's fun and exciting and it has your voice and all these different things that it got to the point where I was like, you know what? I went out and searched for someone who can build custom AI bots and build them specifically for my breakthrough students. So I actually gave my methodologies of the way I create a a sales-like job description to an AI builder. So this guy that I ended up hiring, it cost me 
thousands, when I say thousands, like a lot for me to hire this guy to just build this one little AI bot that now lives inside a breakthrough. But essentially he built this thing that like all of our students can go in there and say how many hours that they have available. They could say exactly what role that they want to hire for. They could put in personality traits that they're looking for and different like commonalities that they want from these team members, even down to like who they're reporting to, like all those details. And essentially once they click submit, it will take our methodologies of the way that we build our job description and create it in literally like less than two minutes. And so if you ever need to hire and you're inside of Breakthrough, you can just go straight to that bot and input all of your data and all the information that you want from this person. And it will create you the same like job description that I even use in my own firm to find my rockstar team members. It's freaking so cool. It like, we finally launched it like two months ago. It took him a while to build and oh my God, it works like a charm. It's so cool. If you're a breakthrough student and you've used it already, please let me know how much you love it. Cause I know a lot of you guys were hyped when we announced that we were adding that. So the reason I did that was because I think a lot of people get tripped up on that job description. So my recommendation, if you're not going to join something like breakthrough, that's totally okay. Just take your time with the job description, take your time in the ways that you are writing it. Make sure to put your heart and soul into it. I think a lot of times everything is so generic now, like everything sounds the same. And if you are inspired by someone else's job description, please make sure that do not copy their job description. I can't tell you how many times I've had my job description stolen by people who were not my students who were given permission to be able to use my job descriptions. It is just wrong. It is plagiarism. And I have definitely involved my lawyer and anybody who has stolen the job description. And so the reason I say that is because I really, really recommend that it comes from the heart. Because if you take my job description, it is fluffed up to the max. You are going to attract a wildly different team member than you probably want. Maybe you're someone who's more laid back and more chill. You're not going to want to take a job description that's fluffed up like mine and implemented into your business because then you're going to end up hiring someone and they're going to think you're this excited and, and fluffed up person and they're going to get hired and realize that you're more laid back and it's not really what they signed up for, right? And so I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but what I mean by that is that go from the heart and really create this job description to attract the right person to support you long-term in the business. It doesn't have to be crazy. A really great resource for creating a job description if you're overwhelmed by the process is a book called Make Them Beg to Work for You. And I believe it's by Dr. Angela Tan, I think is her last name. I may also get that wrong, but don't worry. I will link that book below in this episode. The reason why I bring her up is because she has a great resource about creating job descriptions that are like, like almost like a sales page like. I got a lot of my methodologies from her and from some of her resources, but I have adapted it into something even more unique over time. I really liked her idea of doing like the sales page and putting your personality in it to really attract the right person. So my recommendation, it's seriously such a super easy read. I think I read it on like a flight and I don't remember where I was flying to, but I definitely remember like reading it on a flight and listening it onto Audible as well. So create your job description and by this time you should start now posting it somewhere. So a lot of people are like, Alyssa, I don't know where to post it and I don't know, blah, blah, blah. Well, my first question to you is, do you want someone who's also trying to build their own bookkeeping business? If your answer is yes, you don't mind that someone else is also building their business and working for you, then post it in groups like Bookkeeper Launch, inside these online bookkeeping Facebook communities. You could do on things like Indeed. There's a lot of different options. You could do it on LinkedIn. There's a lot of different options of where you could post your stuff. But if you don't want someone who's also trying to juggle their own business, 
then my recommendation is do not post it inside the Facebook communities that are for bookkeepers who are also running their own firm. And this is where I see a lot of mistakes. So I came from the program Bookkeeper Launch. I hear a lot from Bookkeeper Launch students who post in those groups, a subcontractor group for Bookkeeper Launch or all these different areas. Bookkeeper Launch is a program, by the way, if you've never heard of it. The problem that they have is they're like, well, now they're at this point where this person literally like just got hired and their business just kind of blew up. So if you don't want to have to risk that, then I would recommend not searching in those places. Not to say that they're not quality people, but it's just in my business, the people who work for me don't also juggle their own firm. Now I'm, I can't force that on someone. If I'm only giving you five hours a week, then you have every right to do whatever you need to do to be able to like sustain your cost of living. And so like, I can't force you to like not have other jobs if I'm only giving you five hours a week. So just remember that. So for me though, anybody who works at my firm does not also juggle their own firm. And that's because one at my firm, I, the last thing I need is for someone to steal my processes and everything that I've built and the things that I literally sell to our students here at Workflow Queen. And so I just have to be very careful about who I hire, but that's my decision. My decision was I didn't want to bring on someone who was also juggling their own business. And that's kind of changed over time and that's okay. So just think back to what you want and that will help you to identify where you're going to start looking for these hires. So once you start to actually post on these things, this is where you're going to start getting applications coming in. And my recommendation is in your job description to really include some detailed steps of how people should apply. For us, we have them send us over a Loom video or some sort of a screen recording video of themselves, just introducing themselves. We are not judging them by their looks or any of that kind of stuff. We're really just making sure that they feel the confidence or you could just tell when someone like really genuinely wants the job. Not only that, but it'll immediately weed out people who are too lazy to even do a video. And it's like my favorite way to do it. I see it all the time in like Facebook groups in the bookkeeping space where people are like, I get so tired of people who want me to do a video for the application and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, those are the people that like I don't want to hire because like I want people who are going to go above and beyond for the job description because it tells me you're going to go above and beyond in your job role. And so we do the Loom video. They also have to send over a PDF of their resume as well. And then we go into the interview process. So this is where we will actually reach out to anybody who actually followed the rules. The other thing we put in our job description that I totally forgot to say is a secret subject line. So we actually hide a secret subject line within the bullet points on the job description of like what the job duties are. And for us, it says, I found my dream company. So it literally has a bullet point that says, just to make sure that you're paying attention, we want you to include in the subject line when you submit your application, I found my dream company. And so in the actual job application, like, steps of like how to apply. We say, upload the Loom video of yourself saying, hey, and introducing yourself, talking about yourself, whatever. Include your PDF resume and then also include your secret subject line. I can't tell you how many times people do not include the secret subject line. We don't open those applications at all. Like we will not in any capacity. I don't care if it's the best employee I would ever possibly have. They clearly couldn't follow instructions. So like I am very adamant about this. I don't even bother to open up that email because if you're not following the secret subject line tells me that you're not going to follow like reading through everything else. If they could literally do everything else, like include the Loom video and include the PDF, I still won't look at it. So if they've checked off all three of those boxes, then our team actually will start filtering through the applications to see who is someone that we are really drawn towards. Uh, maybe that's through their resume or the conversation that they had that we want to get a deeper conversation as, as in an interview on. 
So we'll set up those interviews. During those interviews, we use like a series of questions that go through like the culture of the company to make sure that they're a culture fit. We also cover things like team fit, client fit. Like we want to make sure that we're hitting all areas. If you're in breakthrough, we do include the interview questions. So if you ever need those questions, you can use the same ones that I use for my own firm as well. Then once you're in the interview, this is where we're actually going to go through. And if we already know predominantly a lot of the times when we're on that interview that we like really like this person that we want them to move forward and so our process is if they move forward we send them a series of questions that they need to answer like they're like tasks almost that we need them to answer in order for us to like make sure that they know their pretty much and so with that we also require that they give us all the answers back within I think it's I can't remember, but I think it's either 48 hours or 72 hours. It's something that I'm no longer involved in like the constant hiring process. And so I always forget this part. So it's either 48 hours or 72 hours, but essentially from the moment that we tell them on the first interview, like, Hey, we're going to send you over a series of tasks that we want you to complete. And they're usually just compiled in an email. Can you do us a favor and just get it back to us by like Sunday night and like give them a hard deadline. The reason why we do that is because like we get a lot of people who will submit their stuff at like a pretty good rate of time of when they submit it. But then we have some people who do it like an hour before it's due. And those are the people we almost immediately, that's part of our criteria is if someone submits their homework that we ask them for during the interview process to like further test them, if they get it to us an hour before like when it was due, we immediately don't hire them. And that's because that tells us that they're going to procrastinate. And there's already one master procrastinator here on my team. And that's me. I don't need another procrastinator. Like, you know what I mean? But I'm also like the leader. Like I can kind of get away with doing that on my team, you know? And so in that process, we're taking the answers that people give. So the people who are actually answering those tasks and they're doing it thoroughly. We're now assessing what they had to say. And this is where we're finding key little things that they're doing that tell us that they went above and beyond to find that information. So for example, I think one time we did in the series of questions, we asked someone, you're in charge of, I don't know, organizing the Gmail and creating labels for everything. We gave them no context. One of the girls who who we ended up hiring ended up going to our website and finding out what services that we offered, what programs we offered, all the things that we offered. And they went in and compiled those tags, the ways to organize the Gmail in that, that question that we had asked them inside of that email. And so the reason I bring that up is because that told me that they were investigative, that they are willing to go and figure out a solution without asking me further questions. And that's what I really appreciate from team members. We ended up hiring them and they worked for me for like three years. So it's just, I'm telling you that when you do these little things, I know it sounds like a lot. It really isn't that much when you go through the process over and over again, it becomes really easy. So once they go and answer these questions, if someone answers them thoroughly, they're like surprising you, they're amazing. The interview went great. Then maybe there's an opportunity for you to pick, you know, that person. And maybe that's the person that you end up extending the offer to. This is where you're going to do an official offer where they're going to sign contracts. They're going to do all that fun stuff. My HR company helped us create our extending of the offer stuff. And that's why I love that HR company. They're called YHR and I'm going to link them below for you guys. But at this point, this is where you're saying, Hey, I'd love for you to work with me. And like I said, I'm only covering phases one and two, which is identifying your hires and then actually going through the hiring process. I can maybe save for another episode phase number three, which is onboarding, training, and maintaining these team members. And then phase 
phase four, which is leadership and letting go. And so I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you took a lot of notes. If you have any follow-up questions or you're interested in maybe even taking breakthrough because we cover all of the different phases, we give you all the assets. We're here to support you in coaching calls and also in the Facebook community. There's opportunities to get one-on-one coaching from me. There's just so much. We do homework reviews where you could submit your job description so we can like give you feedback. If you're interested in breakthrough, then I highly recommend maybe just getting on a consult call and letting me know about your business, where you're at, and I can give you recommendations if you're ready for breakthrough right now or not. And you can go to breakthroughwithsystems.com backslash consult dash call, or you can just click the link in the description below and book a consult call for just in case that link didn't work because I'd be surprised if I remembered the actual link name. So if you want, I believe you can also go to workflowqueen.com backslash consult dash call and let's get on a call and let's talk through breakthrough and the different assets that we help give you. And that's just one small portion of breakthrough. We also cover mindset offers. So rescaling all of your offers to adhere to these new hires systems. So internal, external systems, quality control, everything that you could possibly think of down to hiring even down to removing yourself from the day-to-day. So I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you have any follow-ups, please feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at WorkflowQueen or at support at WorkflowQueen.com. I hope you have the best day ever. Thank you for tuning in to yet another episode of our Conquering Workflows and Systems for Bookkeepers and Accountants podcast with your host, Alyssa Lang, the founder and owner of Workflow Queen. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on iTunes and share this episode with a fellow bookkeeper or an accountant on social media, and also tag me on Instagram at WorkflowQueen. The more that we work together to get this out in front of other people, the better I can help to serve this industry to create more solid systems and processes. Now go take what you learned from today's episode and apply it into your practice so you can finally give yourself the brain space and freedom that you deserve. I can't wait to see you unfold throughout your journey. And thank you so much for tuning in to yet another episode. See you next time.